0: The Free for All Roundtable,
1: Round One. Well, we always like to play the game of who remembers the roundtables. <laughs> We've got a triangle table right now uh, for this particular, um, you know, triangle table, I guess we can call it. Toronto City Councillor Shelly Carroll is here along with Executive Director of the MPP in Digital Society at McMaster University, Vaz Bednar. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, let's start... We things. did remember. Yes, you did. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate the company here. It gets lonely when we're here so early in the morning. Uh, let's start things off with, you know, a serious topic. And we've been focusing on this for the past couple of days. We've got new details on the suspects charged in the fatal shooting of the OPP officer. One of these suspects has a crazy rap sheet, including a history of violent crime, pistol whipping, stabbing another inmate... Uh, assaulting an officer. The justice system, to me, has failed here. Voss, we can start with you and get your thoughts on this.
0: Well, I think the tragedy also forces us to ask whether this is a norm or an outlier, right? Recognizing that the perp- likely perpetrator uh, has has a, a record of note doesn't I don't know if it necessarily means that the system overall is failing, but it's it's absolutely challenging to reconcile with, especially over the holidays. This person so so early uh, in their tenure as well.
1: Shelley Carroll, I don't know how this suspect is is out and and walking the street.
2: Yeah, yeah, and this is this is just soul destroying for police officers because they you know they they built that rap sheet, but. It seems as if, you know, in this case, even the justice system knew that their 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 system was, was failing to keep this person behind bars because they tried to paint conditions around them like you can never have a firearm again to, for the rest of your life. Um, you know, he, he clearly is marked as a as a violent man, and 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 the rap sheet shows that that he's really incapable of of living in society, and yet he's out, and and so we have some really hard questions to ask ourselves if somebody can be out on the street with this many things going wrong and this many conditions painted around them and and still this tragedy happens. Uh you know, I, I, I hesitate as well to to question the justice system, but but here's here's a person who we, we really have to ask ourselves what, what we do with this person uh uh if they, they can't be nonviolent in society for even a even a week or two.
1: As we head into 2023, I'd like to put COVID firmly in the rear view, but you see the headline this morning of China lifting some regulations and now the U.S. requiring passengers getting coming into their country to require a negative test. But Canada has not followed suit. Vass, it kind of surprised me considering how cautious Canada was throughout COVID.
0: It surprised me as well. I worry that there's a uh, still a geopolitical layer of course Mm -hmm. with some of these potential travel restrictions or layers that we add on and we're taking a very canadian approach right which is wait and see wait and see wait and see act too late um and we know we have the best information possible tells us that there is a massive outbreak in china across china of COVID, and maybe it's irrational for us to require tests from people coming from China, but not have the same, uh, standard for other travelers. So maybe that's sort of the, the gamification of where we're at. Gamification is the wrong word, but sort of the, the mm, yeah. thinking that it just won't, won't make sense or won't, won't seem rational to people.
2: Well, Shelly, yeah, I, you know, I, I think we want it, We want to make it so that, so that you know, whatever the rule is, the rule is if you're coming into our country, and it, mm-hmm. so if we want to restrict, it should be from anywhere. But we're we're left with the problem protecting the unvaccinated, and I think that's why they have so many unvaccinated in the United States that they are forced to act quickly. They've they've got to go with the situation of oh, we don't know what's going to happen there, it could be bad, and and we know that it would immediately be bad here because we have a large population of unvaccinated. And this is going to be the aftermath of COVID is, you know, what's your percentage of people who could cause the same outbreak here? And that's how the decision has to be made. It's tragic, but that's, that's how countries are going to have to make these decisions.
1: Well, there's also the case of, you know, another story that's popped up of Canadians fined at least $15 million for breaking COVID quarantine rules in 2022. And, I, and I'm not sure who's paid these fines. So even if, even if people do come in from the outside, you know, how do you do you forcibly restrict this person? That's only if you're doing a test at this airport and then you forcibly confine them um, because if, if you're just finding and not confining i, I don't know if anyone's going to pay vas
0: yeah confining or not confining look there's a way to do this safely and with compassion for people we still have people in the broader city of toronto that take people up on the you know this option we have of the quarantine hotels right people who are living with uh, a partner in an apartment and the the partner is not sick but they need a place to recover and it almost makes me think of You know, one of your earlier questions, which is how to what extent has the system failed us? And you know, this is an example to me that the system kind of works. I'm I'm a I'm a policy policy aficionado. You know what I mean? I care about having the right rules in place, but sometimes we make rules and we don't even use them. So this was a slice and a moment in time where we created a financial uh, penalty, probably more to act as a deterrent than anything else. We weren't. Uh, thinking we'd get rich. I'm not sure where we're going to allocate the $15 should it all be collected. Um, But it is a tool that we have in the toolkit uh, that could be brought back at some point in the future. I also want to leave COVID behind. That would be great. But it seems so much more likely that it and various variants are going to be a very challenging part of our reality for years to come.
1: A year from now. (laughs) Yeah, ahead, I
2: had Shelley. some experience with this one. It's mostly, it's mostly uh, you got fined. Shall you read the article? Well, no, but I've I've known <laughs> people kidding. who have been fined. It's driving that that, that exacted most of the fines. Um, a lot of people crossing the border were being told, "What do you mean you didn't get a test?" Okay, I'm going to let you in, but I could find you six thousand dollars. There are other people going through, and they're they're saying, "Okay, you didn't get a test at an American drugstore. I'm fining you six thousand dollars." But then quite frankly the 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 end of that story in a couple of cases that I know of personally was that the the law was it, it was uh, laid down far too quickly and there was no real follow up so if they were hmm. tracking how many times they said you get six thousand you get six thousand but no one's tracking who's paying I, you know I think it's a big number but it was really just uh, uh, to make people take seriously driving across that border because most of them happened that way, and that that was a pretty porous border because of the the amount of um, work back and forth across that border, the amount of people traveling. The people I know were traveling for sports because sports started back up junior sports way earlier on in the United States, and you uh, people started crossing the border for kids because you their future careers were at stake. Uh, you know the scouts are down there. I'm going, but then. Coming back and forth, crossing the border every time was, was an adventure. And so, you know, when you put a new law in place, that you need a system to back it up. And I don't think there was a great system. So it's great to see 15 million. That makes people take it seriously. But I'd really like to know how much of it they collected.
1: Well, COVID has certainly clogged up a variety of different systems, including uh, our, our healthcare and our hospitals. And a recent survey finds the top healthcare priority in Canada should be to hire more doctors. Now, this let's keep in mind this survey was given to your average everyday Joe. And if anyone has been in a hospital, sure, hire more doctors, hire more nurses. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a solution uh, that is as easy as bringing on more staff, but. But um, I do think, Vast, that, you know, as someone who spent some time in a hospital this year with a family member, it's the right first step to get more staff.
0: It's the right first step. Understanding consensus that people, you know, agree and understand we have staffing issues is really important. But I thought the phrasing of the question was just so fascinating. Right. Hire more people as if doctors, physicians, nurses, aides, et cetera, are chilling at home, scrolling through LinkedIn, hoping to get a call and be, be in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> These
0: are significant, these are really significant Uh, training pipelines. And we also have, you know, licensing uh, barriers, restrictions in Canada that hurts the mobility of these workers, we should have national licensing. We also have people with that we let into this country with credentials that we fail to recognize who could be helping, who could be working. So let's build from that, you know, if the if the consensus is out there, We need to actually be creative in the interim because, you know, adding a few spaces or creating a new medical school now gets us more family physicians in what, five, six, seven, eight years. And we can't wait that long. People cannot wait that long.
1: Yeah, I think the immigration yeah, part that. of that would, de- would definitely mm. help. Now, you know, another thing that kind of relates to this, though, uh, Shelley, is the fact that we do have Ontario pharmacies soon be able to prescribe 13 common ailments. The goal here is these are for things like acid reflux, hemorrhoids, uh, cold sores, things that we really sh- shouldn't be clogging up the medical system, going to our doctors with. If pharmacists can just take care of this, that's a step in the right direction once again of getting people out of the medical system. Yeah, but then we clog up my drugstore. <laughs> <So, laughs> Go at a time I, in the middle of the night where no one else is there, Shelley. Yeah, but, but
2: what I want to know, look at some of the ailments in the list that's been announced by the minister. And you got to ask yourself, there are countries, again, I, I, I use the U.S. as an example, where the medications for some of these ailments aren't even prescription. If you really want to unclog the medical system, maybe we got to look at our our drug regulations. If there's something that helps me deal with an insect bite, why why mm-hmm. do I need a prescription for it? Acne medication. I think a pharmacist can see I have acne. Just tell me what aisle it's in and help the sick people, sick people get their real prescriptions. there There are lots of nations that are looking at that because the, the the improvement in the way a drug even can be put on the market to be sold and promised that it does what it does are much more stringent than they were 50 years ago. So we, you could look at that, and that would help. And beyond that, it's nurses, 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 nurses. We desperately need nurses. And somehow, all governments seem to have missed the fact that, that you have uh, uh, foreign-qualified nurses nurses you have baby boomer nurses we need them all to stay on the job and yet bill 124 was giving them a really good excuse to retire no one seems to have known that this this cocktail was going to create a shortage of nurses and nurses make doctors able to do so much more
1: yeah very true Vass, anything to add there before we wrap up yeah if i can just be a boring competition
0: freak which is my my (laughs) mode um The thing I'm going to be watching for with pharmacy stuff, we do have legislation on this, but many pharmacies also have relationships with pharmaceutical companies that they may actually own. So we have a specific rule around making sure that pharmacies don't overly self-preference their own products. So there's just a competition issue to keep our eyes peeled for. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we should also move forward uh, negotiating drug prices overall in Canada, which will help people. But thanks for that opportunity to jump in uh, with that wild card.
1: Vaspednar, Shirley Carroll, thank you so much for your time this morning. You bet. My right. triangle table. There, Yes, the triangle table. Maybe that's the new segment one I'm on. It goes from the round to the triangle table.
2: Catch the round table. Round one at 745.
1: Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010
2: Toronto.